0: Good morning to you. It is 2 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5, in this the month of May in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the lushly appointed yet not overly really ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Thank you for coming along and joining us. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. 503-228-4101 on this uh, Friday. If you would like to be uh, part of the program, it's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on the day, we have our final pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who's going to be in uh, town the 29th, will be at the uh, Keller. So today, our final pair of Anthony Bourdain tickets. Also a pair of tickets to see uh, Richard Cheese will be at Dante's tomorrow. Coming up later on on the show, the Oregonians, Peter Carlin will be uh, paying us a visit. We'll also talk to Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com, who has the uh, official uh, nerd word about Star Trek, uh, which opens, which I actually, I I guess, opened last last night. I think it was midnight, last night, you know, into today. So I guess they're probably already in the second screening because I think they're doing kind of round the clock showings of that in various uh, locales because it's awesome. And it's on the uh, front of today's A and E, which Tim Riley is holding up across
1: 2009, the two thousand nine summer movie guide.
0: It really is. Uh, it really is quite something. So all of us here had the chance to see it last Saturday, and it is. Uh, it is exceptional. Amazing. I was talking to somebody about it last night, actually. Uh, Lauren, I had a, a friend over, and he he's sort of a casual Star Trek fan, and he's like a lot of people. Uh, I would say who are under the age of. 35, in that he's a big next generation fan, you know, and it sort of acknowledges the influence of the original series, but it's not necessarily uh, somebody who's just trying to watches it. And the music sounds like
1: Independence Day.
0: And the music is very. Here's a great thing about um, uh, about the new Trek film is it's got that that with Michael Jean Carlo or whatever his name is. He's the guy that did the the, uh, the music for uh, for Cloverfield among other things, and he has this great sense for taking sort of classic Hollywood uh, themes and passages. It's sort of the trademark signature sounds from earlier, from sort of the golden era of Hollywood action films, and kind of revamping them for the uh, you know for the modern uh, audience, which is what he's done for Star Trek. Anyway, so it's a great film. Opens today. You really ought to uh, see it. So, we'll what to Aaron Duran about that? We have clips. Do we indeed, Tim Riley? Yes, Reilly? we do. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent James Rupp will join us today from uh, Los Angeles, as well as Steve Castenbaum will be joining us from New York City. Also coming up later on today, a clergy watch, a cannibal watch. And uh, your phone calls, etc. It is five 503 4101 two eight four one zero one. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello, how are you today?
2: Hello, I'm doing fabulously today.
0: I got kind of an allergy thing going on, just so you know. I, got... I was
2: I woke up this morning sneezing. Really, I, I can uh,
1: barely
0: walk.
2: And Tim, <laughs> and Tim only has one shoe on.
1: <laughs> well, I, I it's gonna it, be I, the I, best. I, do, day I ever. do put it on when I use the restroom, though. I, I have to draw the line somewhere. Oh yes, I'll definitely. save the story for later. All right, oh, it's unpleasant. I don't know. I only have one foot, and it's my left foot.
0: Well, all right, then. You can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah uh, with an H at kufo.com, Tim at kufo.com, or Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at kufo.com, which now that I say it out loud has exactly the same cadence as you part of the Mickey you have Mouse.
1: problems? <laughs> at least you have two feet that work. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. All right, then.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: is... if you see Tim hobbling around, it's actually pretty sad. <sighs> right. I don't want to
1: hear about anybody else's problems today.
0: I won't complain about anything else. All right.
1: It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. Let's Plus pay this. I lost visits. my brakes.
2: Your brakes went on in your car? Were the Yesterday,
1: brakes? On? It was a multi-layered day after I left here. It was wonderful.
0: <laughs> is it a day of unfolding pleasantries and fantasticalities.
1: And I wrote in the cap for the first time in years. <sighs> with a cab driver who told me she didn't want to be referred to as a cab driver because she's so much more. All right, then. So the unfolding
0: uh, cavalcade of um, interesting amusements that is Tim Riley's life will be explored later on in the hour. Let's pay a visit to the news desk and find out what stories are being tracked there. This is Tim
3: Riley. (laughs) In the news with Tim Riley.
1: Uh Uh-oh. A jury of seven men and five women deliberated for an hour then they determined that that Lake Oswego hair salon is not guilty of causing Sarah Jane's Ward's hair to fall out in clumps. Salon employees celebrated with tears and hugs in the courtyard. Last year, this is a part of the story we didn't know. She was awarded $30,000 after the case went to non-binding arbitration. While the salon said that wasn't good enough, they punt back. Claiming she caused her own problems, committing several grooming sins.
0: Does it enumerate the, the grooming sins? Are they specified?
1: Well, that's excess bleaching for too many years. That's, those are things everybody knows. Frivolous, they claimed. And the jury agreed. Excellent. All right. Well, there you go. Who
0: can uh, who can disagree with the fact that the system works, Jim?
1: That's right. For everyone. And men decided it, not women this time. Well, if you live in North Portland, it's always a wonderful day. And this makes it even better. Sewerage has sweeped into the North Portland homes. And the city is to blame. Uh, Helger Gruel noticed it sweeping into <laughs> her basement. Helga Gruel. It came out of the drain, and I saw the shower was filled with black stuff. Okay. I have to take care of it. The sooner the better. Who could disagree with Helga? <laughs> <laughs> the sooner the better. Maybe this weekend if I have time. But I did want to go see Star Trek. Uh, all five rooms of uh, Gruel's basement are covered with black gruel. She called in work crews from Plus to remove it. So there are people who, who will uh, clean this stuff for you. Jesus it God, uh, sweeped in last Saturday afternoon, so it's been there for a while. And Sen took pictures of the mess. Nearly every room in the basement is covered with poo about five inches all over the basement floor. Anything on the floor has to be thrown away. I guess that would be true. Uh, the plumber found no problems at her end. So she called the city maintenance crews and found a break in the sewerage line. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Who could disagree? Uh, residents of Russell Street say they hope the city will pay for the damage. If the city doesn't, I'm going to be angry and we'll find it.
0: Good God Almighty! We're right out of the gate, and I already don't understand anything that's going on today. So you're going to love today's show.
1: I uh, really. I decided that yesterday. <laughs> you, just, you just
0: made that. You just flipped the switch in your own head in advance. So uh, let me see. So Stara can't stop sneezing. I have got post nasal drip and sound as though I've got a cork shoved into the back of my mouth. Tim is hobbling around and only has one shoe. And in North Portland, sewage is sweeping into homes faster than it can be removed. It is a glorious Friday, ladies and gentlemen, in this worker's paradise known as Rock 101 KUFO. Back up for this.
4: Call 503-228-4101. I'm going to inhale some blueberry jasmine smoke and look arty. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101
5: KUFO.
0: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Friday morning, 503-228-4101. Don't forget, coming up later on, our final pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. Ladies and gentlemen, Lewis will be playing a segment from his Pacific Northwest installment of No Reservations. And we play that if you can identify the Portland landmark that he is discussing. Uh, you win a pair of tickets. Don't call now. But it's going to be 503-228-4101 later on the show when you do. Uh, this just in and I'm not making it up. Top U.S. health officials say it is not, repeat, not advisable to deliberately infect yourself with swine flu. Just so you right here. just in case you were planning that for your weekend, like maybe augmented with some canopy. Do not be deliberately infecting yourself with a swine flu. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, we'll read this email. We'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. We'll have news with Tim Riley. This, says, uh, this is from Laura in Portland. She says... Rick, I was getting an MRI on my knee on Wednesday, and to make the time pass and to take my mind off the fact that I was basically in a metal coffin for five hours, they gave me headphones to wear and asked what radio station I wanted. I said, of course, 101, because I wanted to listen to the Rick Emerson show. A couple minutes later, the technician came and said I should pick a different radio station because I was moving too much from laughing, and she had to repeatedly redo the picture. Thank you for ruining my MRI and for giving me the best show ever. Well, there you go.
1: Thanks so much. I appreciate it. That is, Those uh, MRIs Laura. are noisy, too. It's hard to hear anything. So you're lucky that you're loud. Well, it's, be- it's be- you get inside the
0: thing, and it's just it's like you're inside the spin cycle <laughs> on a washing machine. It's exactly yeah. like that. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent and man of the world, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir.
4: How are you? Good morning.
0: I am. Hey. Uh, I'm doing well, my friend. How's life in the big city?
4: Happy that it's Friday. Happy that it finally stopped raining here.
0: Yes, I'll try to have lots of sympathy for the fact that it was apparently raining in New York City. Do you realize that I stepped out of my car yesterday here? The, but you don't realize this, of course.
4: So oh, I, I remember up, this. Yes, yeah, you told me yesterday. <laughs> I
0: pull into the parking lot, and I go ankle deep. And then at the end of yesterday, so we'd already had this discussion about how I came here. where I going to the parking lot. There's very little light. I step out, and then I immediately am up to my ankle in this sort of... And the parking lot is angled and it goes down to this uh, sort of drainage area. But of course, because everything rushes towards this one small grate in the ground to drain, it immediately clogs. I mean, and when I say immediately, I mean like in November. And then it just stays uh, kind of clogged until springtime. So it fills up. I, you know, the water is up to my ankle and some squishing around the radio station. I leave the radio station yesterday. I go back to Southeast Portland, and I'm getting out of the car at a store, and the same thing happens with the other foot. Where I get out, and I manage to step on the one bare area of uh, of pavement, and then I swing my right leg out of the car, and immediately <laughs> into a puddle, which means that by uh, the time that I don't know, by the time eleven o'clock or something rolled around, I like like the lower eight inches of my body, then both sides were just uh, saturated. So
4: you know, you had two squishy socks. That is exactly
0: it. And then you, at a certain point, you realize. That you're just like, do you ever just sort of get zen with the fact that you're walking around with wet socks and wet shoes and you know that your schedule is such that you're not going to be able to get home for probably another 90 minutes? And so you just have to have this sort of Herculean uh, display of willpower where you just shut out the sensation because otherwise you start to gross yourself out because you wonder what was sitting in that water and for how long and if, in fact, it is just soaking into your skin. So.
4: And, and then you, you you can't take off your socks and just let them air out and dry because everybody will look at you like you're crazy
0: because you don't wish to offend, Steve. Right. So let's talk about this stress testing that they were doing on the bank. So you and I were having this discussion yesterday about the bank and the fact that you know they some of it, it turns out were actually financially I don't want to say flush, but they were certainly not losing money. I mean they had substantial financial assets anyway, but they did this sort of. Pressed a digitation where they looked into the future to try to figure out if they might at some point become financially insolvent, which allowed them to kind of just uh, kind of stick their hand in the coffer. So, does this mean that they're now all entitled to yet another kind of round of bailout financing?
4: No. Now, what's going on is uh, the government is saying to uh, 10 out of the 19 banks that they did this stress test on that they have to raise this amount of money, a certain amount of money, within the next six months if they're going to survive in case the economic downturn worsens. So they're saying to, you know, Bank of America, you need another $34 billion on hand. Go figure out how to do it. And there are some different possibilities. Uh, I was talking to this uh, writer from Fortune magazine about that, and uh, he was telling me uh, that uh, Colin Barr is his name that one of the options is they can convert preferred stock to common stock. Uh, you know, the preferred stockholders wouldn't be happy about that, but it's a way of raising funds. The other thing they can do is enter into the program with the government to sell off those toxic assets.
6: There are a lot of investors who want to buy these sorts of assets because if you buy them at a cheap price, uh, they will return a fair amount of money. It's possible to make a good living doing that. The question is whether the banks are going to meet that price.
4: You know, so, so everybody's saying, okay, finally we have a a telling uh, uh, of how much these banks really uh, have in in toxic assets, where their problems lie, this is it, this is the end-all be-all. Well, then I spoke to an economist, Stephen Lieb, and he basically was saying, you know what, this is all pie in the sky. You want to hear what he had to say? Yes. You know, I hate to use a word like a a public relations uh, uh, stunt, but... Maybe not a stunt, but I think they're really, you know, presented to reassure the public that the banks are not going out of business. (laughs) Yikes.
0: (laughs) Well, that's unnerving, because then I just get pictures of George Bailey locking himself inside a bank with Mama Dollar and Papa Dollar, and, you know, the the, the row of townspeople outside demanding their savings out. Good God Almighty.
4: He told me that these figures, uh, you know, these stress tests, he said there was a lot of aggressive accounting involved.
0: (laughs) Is that what we call that now, aggressive accounting?
4: He was Uh, putting it politely, yes.
0: All right. Well, on that note, my friend, have a satisfying weekend that's not at all filled with fear and panic that the threat of society is about to unravel underneath us. Whatever you do, don't dwell on that.
4: Take all my money out of the bank and put it in the mattress. That's what I'm doing this weekend, yes.
0: Excellent. (laughs) That's CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastamon. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Bye-bye. Steve in New York City, ladies and gentlemen. All right. At the news desk, Tim Riley is uh, tracking the following stories on this Friday.
1: Well, TriMet will get $32 million from the feds, a Salem burglary victim accidentally shoots himself, and giant spiders invade an Australian town. Oh, and it's fine to eat lots of pork. Are you getting your news from some alternate dimension this morning? (laughs) It seems like you've opened
0: up some hell portal over there, and all the stories that come out are just giant spiders and houses filled with poo. As it should be. Well, it is Friday, it Tim. It is
2: a happy, happy Friday.
0: What better way to put smiles on the faces of the people? You bet you. I can't remember. Sometimes this happens to me where I can't remember what we've said on the air and what we were talking about. It sort I of never just remembered. here during the, during the break. The, the distinction, the line of demarcation on my head is sometimes fuzzier than it than it ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, also, I think there's some kind of hallucinogen in this allergy medication that I take because now my allergies are slowly getting better. I can kind of feel my head kind of un. Uh, what's it? What's a non-disgusting Unclogging? word? I see. I wasn't going to say clogging. I was. I was right now when trying to find. Up. I was trying to find the word that wasn't unclogging because that was the term that I came to sorry mind. To ruin things. Okay. No, as Sarah would say the, uh, the my allergies seem to be clearing up, but now I just seem to be getting this peculiar lightheadedness that's kind of setting in. But did I did I mention the fact that in addition to uh, everything else that has already sort of gone on with all of us over the last twenty four hours, that I got to work this morning and realized that I left my my phone, you know, my BlackBerry, my day planner my kind of shoulder bag that has all my other stuff in it, and my laptop sitting at home, and so I drove all the way to work, which is not like didn't take that long in the morning, but I drove to work, then realized I had nothing here, had to get in the car, drive back home, gather up all my rosebuds as ye may, and then I had to get back into the car and drive to work again this morning. So there's like this big chunk of my morning that was gone before I even got here.
1: So you need to learn to relax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Slow down, Rick. You move too fast. So uh, then I get here and Tim is stumping around the hallway uh, like, uh, where's your
1: other foot? <laughs>
0: like, like He's like he's going to have dinner at Bob Cratchit's house. And of
1: course, I have to go to the printer more times than usual <laughs> today.
0: <laughs> I hope there isn't a fire drill, Tim. All right. It's 503 uh, 228 coming up in just a few moments. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. The news has later on tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. <gasps> Bless you. KUFO. Thanks. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. All right. He's out of the room, so I can mention this now. I was just looking at the window, and I saw Tim stumping off down the hallway.
2: Yeah, you know, he only has one shoe on. Wow. I feel bad for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am not an animal! It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Friday morning. It's 5.03. And see, now this is my instant Carmen. I see no sooner that I make fun of Tim limping his way to the printer, than immediately my left nostril just clogged up again. Okay, Seriously. You need to
2: stop talking about that because that is really gross and it's like early in the morning. I'm just People saying to hear that I'm just, we
0: appear to be broadcasting from inside some sort of pollen facility this morning. There's some sort of dust manufacturing uh, plant that seems it has opened, I think, right here on the floor next to my uh, next to my microphone. It is 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson show. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We'll be back momentarily with Tim Riley at the news desk. Later on, Anthony Bourdain tickets and Peter Carlin for the Oregonian.
4: Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. I'm impregnating a dragon. Listen online, live or via podcast at kufo.com.
0: The best part about you saying impregnating a dragon right there is yeah. you sound really enthusiastic about it. Sounds like you can't, like you can't wait to face the day and get that dragon impregnation underway and happening.
1: Dragon was asking for it.
0: Showing all those scales and whatnot.
1: Dress <laughs> for uh, It's fantastic, pretty dragon.
0: Wow, you're creepy. It's uh, the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock One Hundred One KUFO. It's Friday morning. It's 503-228-4101. coming up. Later on, seeing a Radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles, from the Oregonian Peter Carlin, and uh, we'll have a pair of Anthony Bourdain tickets. This, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk is your personal savior,
3: Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley,
1: what this state needs is an honest pint of beer. This is House Bill 3122, better known as the Honest Pint Act. It passed the House by a 34 to 26 vote yesterday. The bill allows businesses serving draft beer to post state issued stickers on their pints. Measuring up to sixteen ounces, so look for the sticker the next time you have a beer.
0: Well, because this is because it's sort of understood that you kind of get screwed half the time when you go into uh, to buy something. And plus, have you noticed what is that thing that they that they've got now, Sarah, Was it you that was telling me about this, where you get the glasses that have that weird thing down the middle? Oh yeah, the, at
2: bowling alleys they have those, like the cooling chamber, whatever they call it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, but really, the but, but, but the really net it effect of that like is a the, pint of beer. Yeah, the, you're, I mean, you're getting, you're really getting less than you uh, than you're presumably paying for. Oh yeah. At that point, well, I mean, that's why if you go to um, if you go to uh, a lot of uh, a lot of if not most bars in parts of the country, and this does seem to be a regional thing, they have those bar glasses that are sort of either a very um, pronounced or an understated hourglass shape. And if you ask them, they'll pr- they'll say that it's so it's easier to hold, uh, I guess, like so if you get uh, like nine sheets to the wind, that you're able to grasp your beer without dumping it all over yourself. Um, but really, the net effect of that, too, is to cut like 20 percent of the of, you know, the volume of the glass out. So excellent. Well, it's
1: good to see the legislature doing something important. A burglary victim accidentally shoots himself. Happened in Salem. Uh, the deputies were called out to investigate a burglary early Wednesday, and they talked 86-year-old Lauren Thackeray who told them he left his home in the morning to return the find that somebody broke in. The burglar took several things, including the keys to Mr. Thackeray's vehicle and home. Investigators have, uh, advised a man to uh, change locks. Then they got a better idea. Why don't we get a gun and defend ourselves? Uh, uh, old Mr. Hackery told detectives that he called his son and asked to borrow a gun because he was worried the thieves would return. So uh, the gun is right over to the house. The guys start talking. In the meantime, the gun falls out of the holster and <laughs> fires Injuring Mr. Thackeray's leg. He's in Salem Hospital being treated by uh, nurses for non-life-threatening injuries. Okay, then. So that's from the Thackeray home. Uh, Then we have other things to deal with today. The big interview on Oprah yesterday. Did anybody see it? No, see, and here's the thing. I've,
2: yeah, you were talking about that all day yesterday.
1: Uh, it's
0: because I've been home uh, in not in, in home in time to see Oprah, so I'm getting in my car and speeding back to my palatial imitation mansion so that I can watch the Oprah Winfrey show. But the last few days, I just I've happened to to be around at home while lara has been watching Oprah. So like the Kirstie only thing I saw, and the what's her name, Brooke Taylor, who's that uh, that hooker from the Bunny Ranch? She was on. And it, yesterday, I actually went online. I made sure that I went to Tivo.com during the show, and I'm like, Oprah Winfrey must tape. Because I wanted to go home and just see her putting the screws to Elizabeth Edwards over the the Weasley husband of hers. And I remember what, Do you ever look up and it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're like, how did I get here? Where is the rest of my day? How is it that I frittered away all of my waking hours down the drain? So I realized last night around 10 o'clock that I hadn't watched Oprah, but I just had no time because I was just, you know, I was just beating. I had to get to bed. Um, So I'm like the, the only person on earth that didn't see it yesterday.
1: So I have all kinds of sound bites safe. I'm going to do a quick one here because I know we're running out of time. Elizabeth Edwards talks about the hardest part of John's affair. Was one moment I'm sorry?
0: more
1: p- oh. particularly horror,
7: horrid or devastating than the other? I mean, I think for the public, the tabloid moment. Right. Being caught
0: with the tabloid was one awful thing. But was that as bad for you as it appeared would appear to be? Or had you already had your worst moment?
7: Probably the worst moment was when, I, when he told me that he had this uh, single indiscretion.
0: Really, is that what he told you? I had a single indiscretion. Just a single indiscretion. No, it's a single indiscretion. I mean, that makes it sound a single indiscretion. Almost sounds like you spilled ketchup on something. You know what I mean? Or maybe just, or maybe you tripped and Riley Hunter just happened to be there when you landed on the uh, on the shag carpeting or something. And then this is where they, the Inquirer was like staking him out at some the hotel in LA, right? Yeah. And he he was, and they had a
1: telephoto lens looking looking through a window with the curtains drawn. That's and like, how good they are.
0: And you sort of had the, like, like when I heard that the Inquirer was staking out the hotel and they were trying to catch him kind of either going into a room or coming out of a room or something, like in my head I was hearing the Benny Hill, like the yackety section, and it's like the, the, like, you know, the double-time film as John Edwards is like racing from room to room across the hallway and then the Inquirer guys are trailing along right behind him. And then it really wasn't that. It was just that he was, like, given the hump to some blonde, uh, you know, and then, like an idiot, just walked out the front door, like, straightening up his tie, Bob Newhart style.
1: Remember he ran through the, the basement and the reporters were chasing him? And I do remember him. that. Isn't that great? I'd that for- was one of the greatest scenes of politics. Right? I had forgotten all about that. Thank you, Tim Riley. It's <laughs> going to be a play one of these days. You just watch it and see. Excellent.
0: What's well, well, it for now. They can, they can weave it into the uh, Octomom play that's happening in uh, Los Angeles. Alright, speaking in Los Angeles, we'll talk to a Radio correspondent Jim Roop here in just a short while. From the Oregonian, Peter Carlin. Later on, Aaron Duran of GeekIntheCity.com will review Star Trek, which uh, opens uh, today, or I guess, uh, I guess opened probably six hours ago. I think they're doing uh, around the clock showings in various uh, locations. It is 503-228-4101. This, my chums, is Rock 101 kufo it is the rick emerson show it's rock 101 kufo it is friday morning and good morning to you it is 503-228-4101 i'm rick emerson alongside tim riley and sarah extillon don't forget coming up later on in this hour the oregonians peter carlin will be joining us also seeing a radio correspondent jim roop and later on this morning a pair of tickets to see anthony bourdain plus aaron duran's review of star trek tim riley is tracking the following stories on your friday morning
1: a missing autistic vancouver teenager is found in tacoma Still another of the last munchkins die. It seems like another one dies every week, but they have plenty more. Crooks steal a man's entire house, and Charles Manson's last handout burns down. So we have this, is this the final munchkin that's dead? No, we always have more final munchkins.
0: See, you said that, but I, it seemed to me that there was something sort of notable at this, about this morning. Otherwise, I mean, because it was, I woke up, it was like it was, the, it was on Google News, and it was on Yahoo News, and it seems like they don't do that for every munchkin. This must be some I'll, sort I'll of a, a, a special is, munchkin. A spe-
1: no. A very special goodbye from a munchkin. <laughs>
0: All right, there you go. It is So those stories on the way, plus Aaron Duran and straight ahead, Jim Roop. I'm Rick Emerson, alongside Sarah X. Dillon and Tim Riley. We'll be back in 17 minutes. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Yeah, it is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. It's Friday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on in this hour, Tim Riley with the news. Also, uh, tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who's going to be here at the Keller on May 29th. And Peter Carlin for the Oregonian will be joining us later as well. This, however, from Los Angeles is CNN radio correspondent
6: you,
0: James Roop Good morning to you, sir. How are you on this fine Friday? Uh, very well. Good morning. Good Friday to you. You sound bright-eyed and bushy-tailed.
6: It's a wonderful day.
0: Yes, it is. Let me ask you this. I'm looking at the CNN radio prep sheet here, and it, it you know, I don't really follow, uh, sports as closely as some do, but there are certain things, phrases that'll leap off the page and just catch my eye, such as when I see that, uh, Manny Ramirez from the Dodgers was busted for using what they are, and I don't think anybody's officially said this, but it is, it is said that he was dosing himself up on a female fertility drug
6: well the what we're hearing is i think it's called hcg or something to that effect whatever the alphabetical term is um it's 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 a drug used to counter the effects of a round of steroids now that's not confirmed by anybody that's just what people supposedly close to the situation have said but um don't know
0: so this is just the uh, – so this is what – this is something that I guess if you're taking steroids, it depresses your body's production of testosterone. So then theoretically, if that is a thing that he were engaged in, the steroid use, then this women's fertility drug, this would be used then to to – like to counteract the effects of it. And then it – You note here, this is uh, uh, your uh, observation, I believe. It says, CNN's Jim Rupp reports that fans are not mad at Major League Baseball uh, over this 50-game suspension, but rather at Manny Ramirez for, and I'm quoting now, for breaking a sacred trust, end quote.
6: Yeah, for for Manny Ramirez coming to L.A. after the kind of career he had with the Boston Red Sox, very tumultuous, very, uh, I mean, it's almost like nobody liked him in Boston. So he he had to be perfect coming here to L.A. He had to be uh, the guy who, uh, with all the money they spent on his contract, uh, the negotiations that went on uh, all through the winter, especially and during spring training, he had to be perfect. It, 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 last year, when he came into the Dodgers, what, in August, I think, uh, he's credited for the reason the Dodgers wound up in the playoffs. I think he averaged an RBI a game, which was pretty darn good. And so, with all of that and the the amount of money that's paid to him, he had to be perfect, right? And he's not. So, and, and people are, are really ticked off at that, and they're not buying this thing where, well, it was a mistake. My doctor gave me this prescription; he didn't know there was a banned substance in it. You know, th- this finger pointing thing. Fans just—they're not—they're not. You know, baseball fans anymore are very, very cynical. Well, After Bonds and A Rod, and now uh, Manny Ramirez, it's, people are just done with it.
0: Well, and it just seems like I mean I mean, I think we all, this is something, I'm saying the the bleeding obvious here, but it just seems so transparently false, the idea that a, that a guy who's playing Major League Baseball would go to the doctor, and that the doctor wouldn't have, like, you know, the physician's desk reference or something, that he would at least, you know, hold on, let me look up whatever this drug is before I inject it into your
3: bloodstream, you know? Or
6: at least tell the, the baseball player who is one of the highest paid, biggest stars in the business, you know, you might want to make sure, or give me a list of the banned substances so that whatever I give you, you're going to be able to pass that drug test.
0: Right. It's it's a bit like suggesting that I would have a $300,000 car and that I would just root around in my garage until I found a barrel of viscous goo without a label and just decide to stick it in the gas tank and see what yeah, happened. You know? Exactly. I'll just put this in here and turn it on and see what happens to the engine. Yeah. Hey, did you see this uh, thing that the, the, uh, the, the Manson family's last hideout burned down? was uh, the no. uh, Barker Ranch. So Barker Ranch, uh, this is the cabin. Um... This is the cabin where the Manson was found. I think it's the place where they found him jammed underneath the sink or something. He was he stashed himself in some tiny little cupboard.
6: You mean th- this is the place where I went last year as they, Be- they thought they were looking for bodies? Because right?
0: they were trying to dig up. Yeah, they were trying to see if there were more. Because there was always this rumor. Because, you know, the Manson family always hinted and i would say somewhat believably uh that they had uh dealt with let's say more people than than you know had been proven or more people than they had found certainly and manson always you know, kind of toyed with you know with this the fact that he would imply anyway that there was a bunch of bodies out there in the desert and so yeah they that was the place that you went last year because they were doing all they were dragging all this like radar sonar whatever it yeah. is all over the ground trying to find it and they never did find anything, but they're, they're, I guess the theory is, and this is just a theory at the moment, that because they were out there last year trying to find uh, you know, other Manson family victims, that it, they don't want it to become another weird, sort of bizarre, morbid tourist attraction like the Tate House did. And so they think that somebody might have just singed the place. And just you know, and just burned it down to the ground to sort of uh, you know to prevent that from happening. But anyway, that place is gone.
6: I can tell you for sure, it would not become a tourist attraction of any kind. It is tough to get
0: to. Really, is it? So is I mean, it's you,
6: it, it's a hike, man. I mean, it is really tough. You you don't just you don't say, hey, let's go see Barker Ranch. I mean, it, you need a four wheel drive vehicle or some sort of ATV, and you and it's a pretty good hike.
0: Well, and it's so, in Death Valley, isn't it?
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's it's just a nasty place to be. Period. How they ever found it. Why anybody came upon it and said, "Hey, this looks like a good place to build," is beyond me. How did they get there?
0: I don't know. I used get to that
6: bus up there.
0: I, I used mean, to ask the same thing. Uh, I'm
6: going. This is just nuts. They like we're airlifted into here.
0: I used to ask the same thing about Salt Lake when I lived there. But you know what? Uh, you know, this is a whole thriving metropolis. So you know, people can never really be understood, Jim. Yeah. Well, in any event, so that place, so that place is gone. Um, but uh, you know, hey, did I tell you real quickly here? Speaking of the Manson thing. You were, we did show you that photograph of Manson as he now looks, didn't we? Where he's got, I mean, he kind of looks like this bizarre sort of bald-headed Saddam Hussein. It's all very, uh, it's all very bizarre. I I will tell you this, that guy, I mean, he's got to be in his 70s at this point, and it really is going to be... It's going to be quite something when that guy finally kicks the bucket, because you know, talk about it. for a guy that has been locked up for now. I think this has been it's been thirty years or something like that. I think this might be the thirty. This is the thirtieth anniversary of the of the Manson uh, of the Tate killings, anyway. And so he's been locked up for almost that long. The guy who just with
6: 1969, a
0: sixty nine, yeah, yeah, uh, a guy who with astonishing regularity uh, seems to appear in the news in one form or another. So you know,
6: I wonder how big his funeral will be. I wonder. I wonder if there will be a, a lot of um, morbid curiosity surrounding it, or if there are a lot of people who will actually be mourning his death. Uh, or I, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he does die.
0: Well, especially because he is from uh, you know an era when that sort of a that sort of a crime or that kind of a trial got a lot of publicity, and I think the O.J. case was really the last trial that kind of captured the public imagination that way because it's been all kinds of. Nutcase guys who've, uh, you know, who've committed any number of weird or heinous acts. And I think there's just such media saturation now that it's not really possible for somebody like Manson to capture the public eye the way they want to. So, you know, there's only three channels and it was Walter Cronkite basically telling you what you were going to care about every night. So, yeah,
6: that's true. Yeah.
0: It's an odd world, my friend. All right, big plans for your California weekend? Or are you still covering that wildfire?
6: Yeah, uh, and my, you know, my wife's kind of barking at me because, uh, Mother's Day weekend, and if I gotta be in Santa Barbara, she's not gonna be happy. But it's like I can't go pee on the fire and make it stop. You know, I mean, but I, I mean, know, I'm not Gulliver.
0: But I mean, really, have we? Have you tried that? I mean, are you just sort of dismissing that idea without investigating it fully? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, look, you want to say that you? I
6: can tell you that uh, being on the fire line out there, sometimes in a pinch,
0: <laughs> so to speak. All right. Uh, on that note, my friend, have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you Thank soon. There you. you go. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Well, that guy sounds burnt, no pun intended. I think really he What's well, probably one of those sick. We well, remember every year when he comes to those wildfires, he's up for like 36, 48, 72 hours sometimes mm-hmm. without really sleeping. So it is Mother's Day this weekend, isn't it? it I'm is. a terrible son? Why don't I remember these things I'm flowers? So and what? I think Lara wrote it on the calendar at home, and I still forgot it.
1: According to these newspaper ads, Mom wants a plasma TV and a big one. Well, that's just true. Tim, they, they put roses all over these. Who is that? that? Is that for fries? Yeah. Uh, did you? That's what Mom wants.
0: You can tell by the, if you look. Is that from today's uh, Oregonian? It is.
1: It ha- it is sophisticated, just like Mom.
0: So if you look in today's Oregonian, you're going to see this large pull-out advertisement section where there's fries, electronics ads, and there's two fantastic things. One is on the front. They got all of these flat screen TVs, these plasma TVs. But on the television, that would you know, instead of showing, like, the big game or instead of showing a guy playing, uh, you know, like, Halo 3 or something, mm. on the screens of all the plasma televisions, it's just a bunch of pink roses because that indicates that it's for the fairer sex. And then if you look at the back of that, it's all the ads for all just the regular crap, like a four-gig thumb drive, except oh, yeah. it's all in pink type. There oh, yeah, go. it is. That's uh, just for mom. Yeah, it's sort of the Ms. Pac-Man of electronics advertising. All right. It is 503. Uh, 228-4101. 503-228-4101. Anthony Bourdain tickets on the way later on today, as well as Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. My name is Rick Emerson, alongside Sarah X. Dylan and Tim Riley. We will be back in 13 minutes. It's Rock 101-KUFO.
4: Call 503-228-4101. I'm going to inhale
0: some blueberry jasmine smoke and look arty. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101-KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The new album, 21st Century Breakdown, comes out next Friday. That is one week from today. Green Day, ladies and gentlemen. So it's 503-228-4101, and that is... uh, Somebody sent me an email yesterday saying that I think we played 21 Guns, maybe? I think. Maybe. I think yesterday, actually, I I wasn't here uh, in the building, so I didn't get to hear, but I think yesterday Buzz was playing 21 Guns, which is one of the other uh, singles off 21st Century Breakdown, which just sounds like a fantastic album. So the new Green Day comes out one week from today. So you want to be listening for details on that. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the
4: news with Tim Riley.
1: Well, those without power around the Corvallis can blame the young man who climbed the fence and fell into an electrical transformer at the consumer substation in Corvallis. He set up a series of explosions in a widespread power outage. The man who was not immediately identified was uh, flown to a manual. He's thought to be seriously injured. He's thought to
0: be seriously injured. There's the <laughs> possibility that by by, following into, by falling into an electrical transformer and blowing out the power for half a town, though, he may be just fine. He's he, a human squirrel. He may he may be totally unscathed, Tim, to even though he fell into a thing that generates a billion watts of electricity and it came into contact with his flesh.
1: Yes, the bored youngster apparently parked his bike near the substation, climbed the fence, and fell through five strands of barbed wire. No, I'm sure he's
2: he's not injured at all. On the
0: outside chance that he may have been harmed in some fashion, though, they flew him to the hospital. That
2: sounds sounds like one of those bad egg-like wire cutter things.
0: Yes, it does, Sarah. Thanks for putting that image in my Well,
1: What do you say we visit the dangerous world of casual encounters on Craigslist? Let's all do it together, shall we? All right. This is a new frontier for the bar scene. KGW uh, visited with several who posted, John is a hard-working guy in his 20s. He likes... Sex online doesn't like the bar scene. The beauty of it is there are no expectations. Sexually, I'm far out there. I need somebody far out, too. Menage a toi Role playing fantasy, you bet. How many girls, but a lot of guys email me, too. When finding sex online, he admits some people aren't upfront about what they look like. I had this woman who was much heavier than she told me she was. <laughs> That's hard to believe. I told her. In I Portland? told her. I told her, this is false advertising. You have to leave.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, you're just too fat. You'll have to get out of my house now.
1: Then there's Sasha. She's in her 20s. Doesn't want a lasting relationship. I'm not into college boys. I want a man who knows what he's doing.
0: Well, don't we all, Tim? (laughs) Well, anyway,
1: she's not into dangerous sex, but she says, a lot of my friends don't like to choke me, and I'm really into that. That's what I find on Casual Encounters. You know, throwing a swine flu party is a pig-headed idea, says the government. That's a gist of a message from the CDC. Swine flu parties are a big mistake, and it's hard to know how either adults or children could react to the rapidly mutating virus. The idea is taken from chickenpox parties thrown by parents who are opposed to vaccinations. The idea is it to expose healthy kids to those of the bug so they'll contact it. This is crazy. I was just gonna
0: say. I, first of all, I, I was still trying to process Sasha, who apparently wants somebody to punch her in the face so while she humping wants to her. Be choked. I'm sorry, forgive me. Somebody who wants to... but because I'm really into that. No, so. no, no. But did she did she say in the, did she say I wish to be choked immediately after saying I'm not into dangerous sex, presumably with right. anonymous I mean, men that, was that the she's.
2: The other guy that wasn't into dangerous sex. No, no, no. No, he the, all all no the, all the, the other guy's women. not into fat chicks. Right. Okay. Uh, the
1: the uh, it's false advertising. I mean, in really, I mean, just importantly in, in Portland, you're really talking about. I mean, it's. He wants a menage a trois, role playing, and fantasy situations. Well, I mean, but that's just. But he doesn't sense want to be too. choked. No, he sounds a little no, greedy. I fun. mean, he
0: can choke himself. Really. He doesn't. He. All right, so but let's. Can you hand me that story for a second that you were just reading? Because sure. there's so much about this, I don't. I don't understand. All, All right. right,
1: well, you have to participate to understand. Let's see. As part of a special KGW, listen
0: to this. How'd you like to have this gig at KGW? As part of a special investigation, they claimed. KGW emailed hundreds of people who post online, and two people allowed us to interview them, including a man who just wanted to go by his first name of John. John, uh, he says, uh, I'm into girls, sex. but I, I get a lot of guys emailing me. Uh, let's see, a woman named Sa- okay, a woman named Sasha also came forward to talk to KGW, but she didn't want her face on camera. She said she'd quote, die, end quote, if her coworkers found out. This is the woman who apparently wants to be choked. Right. My private life is my private life. The good thing about Craigslist, it's very discreet, she said. She's in her 20s. I'm not into college boys. She added, she's always had positive experiences on Craigslist, and she always meets people in a public place before having sex, but she doesn't... Oh, here we go. No, no, no. So she does engage in what could be called dangerous sex. A lot of my... See, here's the thing, Tim. I hate to cast aspersions, but I thought that perhaps there had been a word dropped off of this because it didn't make I any did? sense. I, I look. I, I mean, look, I, for God, shame, Rick. God forbid. I mean, look. I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't mean to imply that you would ever, uh, that it would ever inadvertently leave off a syllable.
1: Well, no, I, I only have so much time, so I, I shorten the stories.
0: That's right, Tim. Uh, one must condense these things occasionally for maximum efficiency, sort of like a Reader's Digest condensed news. It says, quote. A lot of my friends don't like to choke me, and I'm really into that. End quote, she said.
2: Wait, does she like to be choked in life, then, and not just in the bedroom?
0: That's my thing. So that implies that if you say a lot of my friends don't like to choke me, and I'm really into that, then reflexively, I mean, if we're going to look at this just linguistically here, the reflexive implication of that sentence is that some of her friends do like to choke her. Right. But it doesn't say boyfriends, and it doesn't say, like, hump buddies. It just says, a lot of my friends don't like to choke me. And I'm really into that. Well,
1: people like occasional choke dates.
0: (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) All right. I feel like without Storm here, I can't really weigh in on this any any further. I'm just in such unfamiliar territory here. All right. I'm sorry.
1: Here's Tim Riley. Well, you know, it's uh, fine to eat lots of pork, says Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, who's from one of those pig states. I believe it's Iowa, isn't it? I've been saying since day one and will continue to reiterate that pork and pork products are safe and the American food supply is safe. It is important that consumers understand that you cannot contract this flu from eating pork or pork products.
0: Go eat the pork. (laughs) Just just advertise it correctly online first. Uh, Back on the swine flu party thing.
1: Yes. So, would you like to go?
0: This sounds like, no, no, I would not. Uh, This, was that also on Craigslist? Who wants to come to a swine flu party? And be choked. The, (laughs) The, um... Uh, there's just too much here to even... I Swine flu?
1: No, I'm, choking?
0: I'm sorry. I know I keep going back to this, but I'm still back on the Craigslist thing. So does she Does she put an ad up saying, looking for a guy to choke me? Yes. I mean, do we know that that? Well, just we seems, don't know.
1: We'd have to find her
0: ad. I guess. I mean, they don't really say here in the article. I'm wondering if her ad actually says, like, looking for... Looking
1: like, f- as heard on
0: KGW, choke me. I, I mean, it just... It, it seems like... It seems like one. Look, I'm not passing any judgment. Uh, you understand? The Rick Emerson is not a prude. I'm not a puritan. I, it doesn't matter to me what anybody does. Well, people it, need
1: things to spice up the, these endless cloudy, rainy days. I suppose that's true, Tim. Uh, what with you, all the you can only do so much reading.
0: What with what with all the uh, precipitation-induced gloom, one needs to amuse oneself, and if that means a guy is going to like uh, I don't know, kick you in the ribs or something, uh, you know, while you're dressed up like uh, you know, like little Bo Peep, then I guess God bless you. But um, that's what America's all about. I'm just wondering how that how that would even work, like, is, is that a thing, is that a thing that you imply somehow in the ad, but you're not specific about it?
1: No, you can be specific on Craigslist, that's what it's there for.
2: But you I'd wouldn't be afraid to find a roommate on Craigslist, let alone somebody to hump.
0: But you wouldn't, but I mean, you wouldn't just place an ad saying wanting Roommates a guy to choke no me. Yeah, on, c- on well, casual, you on
2: casual, yeah, on casual encounters, you there's tell all exactly kinds of what stuff. you
0: want. But I mean, wouldn't, I, here, but here's the, I guess what I'm saying is, I guess it, it's understood that you could probably find a guy on Craigslist who wanted to choke you. Yes. But I can't believe we're having this discussion. By the way, this, this is a news story, it incidentally. It is a news story. You sons of bitches. So uh, it's of local interest, and there are a lot of people out there who want to be choked at this moment. But it, but it seems like if you place an ad saying "looking for a guy to choke me," the problem with that is choke me, choke me. Is that you're going to get a you're going to get a lot of people responding. In other words, you're going to get a lot of people responding, I think, for all the wrong reasons. It seems like you might want to lay that out sort of subtly between the lines. A fine
2: line between choke and strangle. Like, that's, see, that, that's what it is. Well, you're
0: going to get a guy who just, uh, I've been looking for somebody to beat savagely. Uh, this sounds like we could be a match made in heaven. Shall we meet at Starbucks? I mean, well, it,
1: it's, uh, well, please take me shopping first, and then we'll discuss it.
0: So is there some sort of code? I was going to say, is there some sort of code for choking? But I guess there wouldn't be. No. And, and here's the other thing. So if a guy is choking you. I asked this realizing that I don't even really we, we can get the, any sort of an answer that we can get, so if a guy is choking you, how is it that, that, that the guy knows that like it's gone beyond fun choking and it's gone to like ah, seeing dead relatives choking?
2: I guess is that the safety word but or how can you say is or that maybe a it, tap? And what if
1: you push a button and a red light goes off? you have it on your your uh, nightstand
0: <laughs> like a sort of like a nuclear launch code like a first strike button. Because it, it seems like that's the whole thing with the safe word, like, right? so Rudabaga, and then the guy, you know, let's go. Mm-hmm. But then, if you're, but if you're not able to do that, it seems maybe you build yourself up to it. Well, maybe that's why Sasha there's says moderate
1: that choking until you get into the real thing. She does there's engage in what could be
0: called dangerous sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's so much more about this we don't know.
1: We'll try to get in touch with you. Put it out on Craigslist under casual encounters.
0: Okay. Uh, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that here during this uh, during this next segment, and we'll uh, we'll see you what comes. You just
1: need a screen ally. Charlie the Choker.
0: Joker. That doesn't really work. All right. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up in the next hour, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, uh, as well as your shot at Anthony Bourdain tickets. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101
1: KUFO.
4: KUFO Pointless.
0: It is Rock 101, KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. That is the phone number to this, The Rick Emerson Show. I am he, alongside Sarah Dylan and Tim Riley, who is tracking the following headlines at the news desk on this Friday morning.
1: A motorcyclist leads police on a 40-mile high-speed chase ending in his arrest. We have all kinds of salacious gossip about Elizabeth Edwards and her appearance on Oprah, and the Salem burglary suspect accidentally shoots himself. All right, then.
0: That's fantastic. Um... So it is going into this uh, last uh, the, the break here. We had this story from this is KGW, I guess, and Ann Yeager is the woman who was reporting this. The, the, I guess they went on to the, the, uh, the Craigslist and they contacted quote hundreds of people who were looking for casual sexual encounters online, including this woman uh, Sasha, who says, "I'm not into college boys. I want men who know what they're doing." Um, she has positive experiences, but she does engage in what might be called dangerous relations of the biblical variety. And then she ended with the most tantalizing quote. A lot of my friends don't like to choke me, she said, and I'm really into that. So, you know, it's a big world. It's a tapestry with many threads. But I'm sort of curious about the logistics of this. So this uh, Is this, uh, hello, Adam? Yeah. Hello, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How are you today, sir? Good, how are you? I'm a dandy. Let me ask you this. So it says here on the screen, and I have no reason to disbelieve, uh, Nibbler has typed in the screen, says, Adam and wife, very into choking. Uh-huh. So is this I'm I'm assuming is this like a uh, is this a two-way street here or to just uh, is one of you the chokey all the time?
7: Uh no, it kind of goes both ways actually. Uh it just depends on what uh, we're uh looking for.
0: What the vibe of the night is?
7: Um well uh there's a there's a number of different ways to do it, really. I mean, uh, there you can use uh, your hands, you can use uh, your, the inside of your uh, uh, elbow, uh, silk scarf. It uh, just depends on let, the uh, the intensity that you well, want, really.
0: Well, let me ask you this. So, let's say, uh, as uh, Sasha says here in the article, uh, that it's something you're really into. It, it's how is it like? Uh, how do you know when when the like fun choking becomes the whole like I'm seeing a white tunnel, uh, you know, with a peaceful place at the end of it? Choking. Like, how do you know when you're supposed to stop?
7: Um, well, it's, uh, it's a mix, really. It, you kind of have to learn how to do it, uh, just testing it out, starting out low, doing a little bit at a time, and then finding where, uh, where your partner feels, uh, comfortable with it.
0: But I, but I mean, just like not even talking about in terms of, of comfort. I mean, it seems like just it like as a safety issue, it seems like trial and error might not be the safest way to, to figure that out. Seems like there ought to be some non-verbal way to say like, hey, you're, you're, you're killing me.
7: Well, right. I mean, when you're when you're starting out, and when you're doing that, then you can always tap out, uh, tap the person's arm, tap the person's leg. You know, say that that's what uh, that's when I want you to not go any further.
0: Oh, I see. So like, so you're you're getting your choke on, and then there's like a, and that's uh, that's the whole like, hey, uh, you really gotta let go of me now.
7: Yeah, like I'm done. And there's there's other times where you actually want to go all that way, and you can tell when the person is kind of just finished because they'll, some of them do have that gag. They do kind of like try and force themselves to breathe or to cough, and then they will. I and mean, you let go, you release, and you hold on to them. You make sure that they're doing okay. You rub their back inside their arms.
0: It's like you're... Keep uh, an eye on them. Really, it, here's the thing. If you were to sort of just egg- excerpt out what you just said now, it could be... Uh, it, it sounds like we could have almost been talking about fishing at some point. Uh, are you calling from inside a 7-Eleven?
7: Uh, no, inside of a uh, 76 <laughs> now Fantastic.
0: Just, you know, it's awesome. a, it really is just a combination of all great things in this culture. Are you ordering cigarettes right now?
7: Uh no, uh
0: selling. All right. Oh, I see. So you're actually working at a seventy six. All right. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, Thank 46,
7: you. 40, yeah, not a problem.
0: <laughs> all right.
2: Are you on an earpiece right now? Um
7: yeah.
0: All right. So you wait so you're on like a you're on like a headset or a Bluetooth or something while you're working at the seventy six dealing with the the public? Right. All right. Uh well all right, my friend, I won't identify exactly uh, where you where you are. We'll just say you're at a seventy six station. But uh, do me a favor, will you spread the word about this very fine radio show to the next uh, four people that come in? Uh-huh. All I right. will. All right. Thank you, Adam.
7: Thank you. All right. There you
0: go. That's uh, Adam. Well, there you go. So now I learn something new on this program every day. Well, Tim, knowing is half the battle. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. You are just nine minutes ahead of the Smashing Pumpkins. You're 13 minutes away from Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, Sarah X and Tim Riley and myself will return in 17 minutes. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning to you. It is Friday. Coming up before the top of the hour, we have uh, shot at your uh, chance at seeing... I'm sorry. I just managed to bite the tip of my tongue while I was speaking right there. Oh. That's one of those things where my tongue and my lips and the rest of my mouth were all working in coordination with one another until about four seconds into the sentence. And then I managed to take a piece out of my own mouth. There you go. At least you weren't being choked. No. Well, that's later on, Tim. I've uh... I've got to wait until there's the appropriate time. All right. Uh it's 228 five oh three two two eight four one oh one. I said moments ago, leading into this statement. Before the top of the hour, you're shot at a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who's gonna be at the Keller May 29th. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Friday morning.
1: Maybe that Lake Oswegal woman who sued the hair a while after losing clumps of her hair? Do I ever? She lost. Keeper Sutherland's charged with Mr. Me the headbutting. And uh, sad news: A motorcyclist dies after crashing into the Morrison Bridge early this morning.
0: Was there any sort of uh, news about the woman's reaction when the jury told her, it figuratively did, speaking, to get bent? It does not have a reaction. No, really? uh,
1: but the uh, salon people hugged and cried All in right. the hallway.
0: You know what's <laughs> okay? You know what's not attractive is pettiness, Tim. That's what makes you unattractive. Not you, of course. I'm just saying, people.
1: Yes, people in general. All right uh it's five zero three
0: two two eight four one one let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio. What did we decide he was last week he wasn't filled with, with hate he was was he covered with a candy coating of something I don't know I can't remember Peter expressed some sort of displeasure about the manner in which he was being introduced on this very fine radio show
2: oh you kept saying that he was full of nougat
0: okay but did we decide that he was he was full of unicorns or something instead I don't know with a heart full of puppies uh from the Oregonian features writer and stylish man of the Rose City Peter Carlin hello sir
3: Hello, man. How's it going? Uh,
0: it's uh, rolling along. My brother has life in the world of all that is uh, Carlin-esque. It's it's top-notch. It's zinky. It's gear, as the Beatles would say. It's fab. It's gear. Yeah. Hey, i just, just right at the gate. I have to ask you something. I had no idea. This I I'd, so out of uh, touch with my uh, my own city at times. I had no idea that the flight of the Concorde uh, guys were even uh, going to be here. When is that happening? Thursday. Thursday. Are you, uh, as the kids would say, are you totally there?
3: I'm so there.
0: I hear I run real hot and cold. On that, on that show sometimes. I have a, a little bit of uh, wackiness kind of goes a long way with me. And it every now and again just veers into sort of off puttingly, self consciously kooky territory. But I do kind of admire the fact that that show has found an audience and that there was a network that was willing to put it on.
3: That part's cool. But I tell you what's cooler yet. The coolest thing about them is the fact that their, their songs themselves are, uh, the, the show itself I kind of like, I'm hot and cold on. Parts of it are really cool, and then parts of it I just kind of like uh, lose interest in. But their their songs, the songs that they write, which are sort of like parodies, only uh, that undersells it. They're 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 super clever, and they're musically sophisticated. The the influences that they draw on, and the people that they're kind of satirizing, they do with this amazingly musical uh, 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 panache. I mean, they're very very clever and and. Uh, and uh, musicians.
0: By the way, a point on using the word panache, which actually is my favorite word of all time. Yeah, uh, it's a good one. That is the single greatest word in the English language in my estimation as popularized in Cyrano de Bergerac. I would also note that the Flight of the Concords guys, they, I mean, it seems, I guess, like an obvious point of comparison, but in some ways the things that make it such an apt comparison are not so obvious that like Spinal Tap, which is you know sort of the, they're the sort of the er text of this of you know of, of musical parody. That it's obviously done by guys who are really into music. They obviously yeah. care about music as an art form because you know that it's like kind of that old cliche that you've got to know the rules before you can break them and all that. And I think you it's easy just to to ridicule something uh, you know like the world of rock, but to sort of do it in kind of a kind of a loving fashion while still being very pointed about it is that's a difficult needle to thread.
3: Yeah, and those yeah.
0: guys do it. Uh, those guys do it pretty well
3: it's a it, it's very yeah it's very cool and they do it but you know i mean i think and, and, and spinal tap i find a little difficult to listen to like on a repeated level but these guys i mean their music there's there's you can just sort of listen to their uh listen to their tunes and even if you're not quite paying attention paying attention to the lyrics they're just good tunes you know and they're smart and funny and uh and uh, and, and and just 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 blazingly insightful about stuff. As, now, as, can I also just point out yes. here's the most surprising thing, and I've known, I saw the Concords in L.A. a couple of years ago um, and um, have been sort of following them and being very sort of sympathetic and down with them for a couple of years since then, but they are hugely successful in the U.S. to the extent that this schnitz show sold out the day the tickets went on sale. Really? They're playing, and at the Paramount in Seattle, which is their schnitz-size auditorium, they're playing three nights in a row, and all the shows are just sold out instantly.
0: I think going forward, I'm going to refer to the Rick Emerson show as being schnitz-sized.
3: Schnitz-sized, yes. yes. Uh, hey, and two. And packed with peanuts. Two,
0: two, two quick things here. Uh, one, this is actually just something I was mentioning earlier that you were going to be on the show, and a listener said, uh, "I'm just quoting now." This is a guy named Gerald, and Gerald just says, "Hey, when the hell is that uh, Paul McCartney book coming out?"
3: November 3rd. No, really?
0: So there is actually a date? There's a date. November 3rd.
3: Which means in the publishing world, it's not like rock and roll records where when they say November 3rd, it means you can't buy it until 1201 on November the 3rd. Right. It's like November the 3rd in the publishing world means... Um, uh they'll be shipping books like 3 weeks before that and and when pals or whoever gets it then they just you know zip open the boxes and throw them out on the shelf.
0: So it's not like it isn't like a JK Rowling thing where she's there with a gun making sure that nobody finds out you know how Voldemort finishes things off.
3: No, I'm there the moment the books arrive I'm there with a gun uh forcing <laughs> the people to open the boxes and then forcing the customers to buy the books.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Um just as an image uh, that was uh, that was worth the price of admission right that there. That sounds like app
1: from Craigslist. Seriously. <laughs>
0: is <laughs> yes, the uh the safe word is rosebud uh hey and, and, and real quickly here tim and i were talking about uh, something just the other day that yeah. i guess you're writing you are writing a piece a feature about this uh this movie it's the day called x that's right which is uh narrated by glenn ford and if people haven't seen it it's just it's astonishing it's from like 1957 uh, and it is a documentary which is actually made by cbs
3: mm-hmm. uh, t- documentary it, it, it's it's Documentary-like, but it's actually written as a as a as a as a narrative, as like a fictional narrative, and
0: it's about the, an evacuation of Portland, Oregon. Right. Uh, this it's a is beautiful fiction, day. by the it's way.
3: A, it's a beautiful day in the fall of 1957, and life is a, is is going apace.
1: The people are friendly.
3: The people are friendly and rugged, mm-hmm. and, and then and they're they're living their lives, and then the 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 sirens start to go, and suddenly Mayor Shrunk, and he is the real Mayor Shrunk, Terry Shrunk. Um, this very grim face is rushed to the Kelly Butte bunker, which used to be like the, the command center, the the, the the apocalyptic command center. Is that still there? Uh, no. Well, physically, I think they actually filled it in or filled in the entrance or something. It used to be the the uh headquarters, but then it turned out that it was a horrible place to work, and everyone who set foot in there got sick. So they had to close it. Um, but, yeah, no, it was real. And it was like there, this is where we're going to rush the city. This is like City Hall Command Center when nukes start to fall.
1: And people are orderly. They were very calm, as only Portlanders can be.
3: Yeah, well, they sort of, uh, you know, the, I wrote this big piece, which is going to be in the Sunday paper, um, just because it's hilarious. I mean, and, and the way they sort of, as a way to kind of both uh, make real and yet also not in a panicky way, uh, not freak people out, they sort of show this kind of oncoming nuclear holocaust unfolding um, with with the kind of, this this sort of Drudgy, trudgy, like uh, bureaucratic grind. You know, so they're there, and they're just kind of announcing. It's like the chronicle of of mass death foretold in traffic reports, and uh, and <laughs> and 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 people suddenly announcing things like, "There's no panic in the schools." You know, the children People are walking down the street to their
0: whistling. Deaths. I mean, it really is just the most well-scrubbed approach to nuclear apocalypse that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Um, I watched it online. Is it this movie uh, they called it? I mean, can you rent it? Can you can you buy it somewhere? Because I saw it on the Internet, but I don't know if it's actually commercially available.
3: I don't know that it's commercially available either. It's in the public domain, so you can catch it. It's on, all over the place on the Internet. It's on YouTube in three chunks. So if you... If you um, search for the day called x it'll pop up
0: excellent fantastic and that is in sunday's paper yeah all right and, and uh, a
3: sunday i think or maybe even saturday you can uh find a it'll be on uh, embedded in the oregon live version of the story dot live.com
0: excellent note to self all right uh and the paul mccartney book for those who have been inquiring comes out november 3rd so we'll be uh that relentlessly as the fall approaches my friend Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Peter Carlin. Talk re- you soon. Thank you. Uh, read him in print in the Oregonian or online at OregonLive.com. My name is Rick Emerson. You are five minutes away from Lincoln Park, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself will return in 13 minutes. This is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
1: The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com
0: right now. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. It is Friday morning, ladies and gentlemen. In just moments, Tim Riley at the news desk. Coming up in the next hour, Aaron Duran of Geekinthecity.com gives us his official review of Star Trek. Here's a hint. It rhymes with awesome. Uh, and we will also have a uh, awesome with awesome. pair of, I'm sorry?
1: Oh, I'm trying to think of what rhymes with awesome.
0: Well, you'll have to wait to find it. Tim, if I tell you now, you have no reason to listen next hour. That's true. Well, it's just, uh, I mean, that's that's just a little bit of a carrot at the end of this Rick Emerson stick. I'm sorry for saying that, that just now. That sounds really wrong. Well, it's what I do, Sarah. Uh, also next hour, a pair of tickets to see Richard Cheese, who's performing tomorrow night at Dante's. At the moment, however, this is your shot at winning a pair of passes to see Anthony Bourdain. This is the last pair uh, that we are giving away. I think uh, Court and Fatboy are going to be giving away uh, Anthony Bourdain tickets this afternoon. Don't hold me to that, but I'm fairly certain they have a, they have a pair this afternoon. They're also going to be talking to the one and only Leonard Nimoy. Uh, Spock of Star Trek fame. So, Leonard Nimoy, ladies and gentlemen, this afternoon with Court and Fatboy, as well as a pair of uh, Anthony Bourdain tickets. However, if you can be caller number 10 right now and correctly identify the Portland landmark, the Portland institution, the Portland business that he is identifying in this soundbite from his Pacific Northwest installment of No Reservations, you uh, win a uh, pair of tickets to see him when he comes to the Keller May 29th. So, here is Anthony Bourdain talking with Chuck Polinick. About a location in Portland. If you can be caller 10 at 503 228 4101 and identify that location, you'll win those tickets.
1: According to Chuck, many
8: people in Portland seem to be living two other lives besides their day jobs. Sometimes those other interests metastasize into full blown obsessions. Such is the case with Karen Anderson and Carl Baldwin.
3: What is this? This is a painting museum. The fuzzy,
8: kitschy, every man's medium that many consider the junk food of the art world. Oh, my God. No, I don't believe it. Okay.
0: There you go. If you can identify the Portland institution, and I think it's fair to call it an institution at this point, that he is identifying in that sound clip, uh, and you are caller 10 while doing so, you will win a pair of passes to see Anthony Bourdain. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, your personal
1: savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. That has me stumped. I'm really not sure. So hopefully somebody else knows. Anyway, so here I am staggering around here today. Yeah, what I'm, is with you limping around
0: the hall like you got one of your ankles lopped off or
1: something? I, I know. Well, well I, I was driving to my appointment yesterday, and I heard my car going clank, 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 And I thought, I'm going to drive by a construction site. That's me. That's the car. So I step on the brake, as everyone would be, and I hear this noise that goes, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, no.
0: And that's I, when you realize your car had been attacked by the bug-bladder beast of Troll.
1: And I realized... I'm going to be late for my appointment with a foot doctor to get this wart burned off my foot with acid. So I, I, did I managed to make it with no breaks. Wait,
0: I okay, let's be clear about something. I didn't know any of that was going to come out of your mouth just now. So let's work backward from the acid on your foot part. Acid? Really? Why are they putting acid on your foot again? It burns off warts. Doesn't... Then it's 2009, though. You're sure you didn't visit a doctor that was on the other side of a wormhole in the space-time continuum? No. Don't we have, like, science and stuff that uh, you can do that without pouring, you know, acid on your foot? Oh, no,
1: you have to scream at the top of your lungs.
0: <laughs> don't they have... I mean, I guess now that I think about it, I don't... But don't there's, like, a, like a, that stuff you buy at Safeway that you just daub onto it and then it goes away?
1: Well, no, this, this is a heavy-duty wart. <laughs> well, what, what happened was... I don't think
2: I've ever heard you say the... Wart wart
1: before. I, I know it's hard to believe that a it newsman is. would have warts on his feet. You're such or, perfection, or have feet at all.
0: It but is I, a warts and all program that we do here, Tim. So well, what happened
1: was, I like a lot of people who are unemployed. I lost my insurance, so I, I I could not visit the doctor. And then by the time I got it back, it had grown by leaps and bounds. So it took some heavy duty wart remover to remove it.
0: By the time I was employed again, I was covered in warts. Exactly. <laughs> so so you go to the doctor, and so he pours acid. I mean, but when you say he that pours, he picks picks at it with an exacto knife. Oh
2: God! <laughs> oh wow! It's like the worst well, story ever. ever. Well, Rick in, is supposed to tell these stories, tell not you, Tim.
1: I, I think,
0: know. I think by worst. You mean best, Sarah? Please continue, Tim, an excruciating
1: detail. Oh, well, no. God. This is this is what happens when you're unemployed, and you know you many don't people have are insurance, and so I bet I'm not the only one whose warts grow. When it is unemployed. relatable.
0: All right, let me let me hold on. Let me just pull up a uh, yeah, pull up a chair here. So. You go into the doctor's office. Mm. He quotes, jabs at it with an exacto knife. Yes. And then, but when they, when it, and did he just say like, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Riley, we're going to have to take the whole thing off with acid. And it, how do because they? Because it didn't work the first time. But I mean, what is the procedure to like, they, they put you in like a, in an iron boot or something, and then he gets a ladle and just no,
1: it, it... they take your sock off. You're sitting there, and he picks at it with an exacto knife, skims most of it away. And he's good at this. And then he... I do they give you an injection of some... Little, no. Do they
0: numb your foot or something? No. Why wouldn't they numb your foot? Are you sure there's a real doctor you went this, to?
1: This is a real doctor covered by our insurance. And they didn't...
2: So he brings out a red vial?
1: Well, no, it's a it's a bottle of little red stuff. And I know, oh, that's the painful stuff he gave me last time. So... He, is that the acid? And then he, he puts some scotch tape on your foot and tells you to keep it dry for 24 hours. But Okay, but let's get back on the acid being put on
0: your foot business.
1: It is. It is a form of acid used to burn away warts. Right,
0: but how does it go onto your foot? In other words, he uses a uh, Q-tip. Oh, I see. So he daubs the acid onto your onto your foot, which is then going to burn that away.
1: Yes, and so your. Ca- it, it, it 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 doesn't hurt when he first puts it on. It always hurts, like by the end of the day, because it becomes a blister. So the- so I'm walking around trying not to walk on this acid induced I- blister. We're, and I had to bring my car to Les Schwab because my brakes sound like,
4: when <sighs> when I, step I on. barely knew her. All heard. right.
1: So let's
0: just back up. So you're on your way to the doctor to get this burned off. And then your car, what is yeah. it, your brakes
1: went went bad? Is yeah. Deal? Well, I knew they were going, but I said, well, I have property taxes coming up. I can wait till June. No, oh, of course. You can never wait until June, Tim. So you're, and the first thing you do when anything goes wrong with the car is you step on the brake. Right. Exactly. So I stepped on the brake and the brakes go, ah, <gasps> which good so thing did you, did you were, you
2: stop, were you able to stop. Please because tell you me you were at the, the top break? of a hill.
1: No, I was on flat land almost at the doctor's office. That's... So I decided, you know, I've got to get this wort burned off my foot. That's, that's my priority right now. So hopefully my brakes will hold out till I get there. And they did. Have you ever had a car
0: that was actually just so old and beat down that you had to use your parking brake as the primary brake? Uh-huh. I, I, mean, I used to oh, drive boy. this Ford Escort around. and Don't get me wrong. That car ran for a long, long, long time. But eventually it just stopped working. And I just, and I couldn't afford, I mean, it was just a, a broke-ass, uh, you know, this, like, I don't know, 19-year-old maybe, 18 probably. Uh-huh. And I had no money to get the car's brake fixed. And so I just had to use, like, the hand, you know, the the the, the, the parking brake between the two seats, the <laughs> brake that you pull up. And that was what I was using, like, rolling up to every stoplight to try to stop. it. Like, it's amazing I didn't die, really, when I look back.
1: So I'll finish this story next hour, but I do want to tell you that the Lake Oswego woman who sued her hair salon after losing clumps of hair loses her case. Trymet gets thirty-two million dollars from the federal government, and uh, some guy in Corvallis falls into uh, a transformer. Uh, not only does he give himself the squirrel treatment, but he knocks out the power to most of the town.
0: Why does TriMet need thirty-two million dollars?
1: They always do. Well, they want to make uh, more train tracks.
0: Mm. All right, yeah, that's fine. This isn't just to hire those greeters that they were talking about two weeks ago. I haven't ago. seen any of those. No, times. see, and neither have I. And they were talking about that we are going to have greeters that stand on the platforms and encourage you to have a wonderful day as right, you right public you. No, I don't, but I mean... So maybe they're there. I wouldn't anymore. Not this time in the morning. <laughs> I was just going to I mean, well, when is the last time anybody here rode the Max? Has it been since we got this new, the new, uh, the morning show? Yeah, I
2: rode it for SantaCon, but that was like six months ago.
0: So I don't know if the, the greeters actually are already in existence. I don't know. Do you suppose they're actually greeters or are they like cops or something that they've kind of stashed undercover?
1: they like actually CIA.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm sort of confused about the whole, you know, about the whole, the breakdown of all that. They just
1: fix ticket machines, really.
0: Yes, yeah, so I suppose that's true, Tim. All right, it's 503 uh, 228 Coming up in the next hour, Aaron Duran of Geek in the City, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be here to talk about Star Trek, and sometime before the end of the show, uh, we will have your opportunity to win a pair of passes to see Richard Cheese at Dante's tomorrow. You are just five minutes away from the Foo Fighters. Uh, Sarah X. Dylan, Tim Riley, and myself return in nine minutes. This is Rock 101. K-U-F-O. Not enough gonging in rock these days. Especially the kind of Tommy Lee gong that's got a ring of fire around it. And then it all ends with a big explosion. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO on Friday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up for the top of the hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Richard Cheese, who is performing tomorrow night at Dante's. Later on in the hour, Aaron Duran of GeekIntheCity.com will have his review of Star Trek, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Friday.
1: A motorcyclist dies early this morning, crashing into the Morrison Bridge. The new Kindle can't pronounce President Obama's name. And Star Trek opens this weekend.
0: Wait, so the Kindle, the Amazon, the book reading thing? Yes. Mm -hmm. which is the which i think they just came up with the the, the, like the new version of that which is even more expensive than the first version
1: i never saw the first somebody in here has one susan reynolds has the kindle
0: uh and it's which sounds a lot like uh you know like like the swine flu i don't know that susan reynolds upstairs she's got the kindle we're gonna have to burn her uh so she has the first kindle uh you know her family she's another family of early adopters um and it which is i don't know it's about the size of I don't know, it's like the size of my day planner, maybe like it's about I don't know, maybe seven inches high, about six inches across, and maybe uh, like an inch thick. And it's a, it is basically a wireless iPod, but for books. And so you just download books, magazines, New York Times, whatever, into it, and then you just read it right there. And the freaky thing is that it looks. Like it looks just like paper. I mean, it weirds you out, man. The Sony one is exactly the same way. You look at the Sony one, and I was at, uh, at a. Some, is
1: that a brand name or is that what it's called? The
0: Kindle is the it, that. Well, I mean, it is the brand name, but it's I not mean, like Kleenex. Well, it is. It is. In it's other the words, Kleenex
1: of Kindles.
0: It. In other words, it, you know, it, <laughs> Kindle is to book reader as Kleenex is to tissue. Like everybody okay. kind of calls it a Kindle because everybody calls their MP3 player an iPod. Even so, if it's, it's not. actually
2: called a book reader.
0: Well, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. It's just called an it's called you know electronic thing that lets you read some print. Uh, it's a thingamajig, Sarah, or a gee one might almost say. Uh, but a Kindle is kind of what everybody's referring to it as because the Amazons were the first into the into that niche. But it's amazing, and the one from Sony, which I think is actually called the Book Reader, um, which is more generic but therefore less memorable. Um, I was at a bookstore the other day, and they had a display model, and I was looking at the front of it, and I thought it was like. I thought that they had put sort of a sticker on the show you what the screen would look like, mm-hmm. like sort of a display. St- and it, w- it was like the actual screen, which is weirding me out because it looked just like print on paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was messed up, man. So I don't think like in this generation it'll ever replace uh, it print. But I think if you are born today uh, and you grow up in a world that has like the book reader or the Kindle or something like that, uh, I think there is every possibility you might uh, tr- sort of transition away from the world of Papyrus. But if they go to Oprah? Well, if they give one to Oprah, Tim, that is how all good things are injected into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Although, just one final note, we'll kind of bring this full circle. Talking about Oprah, I was having this discussion uh, yesterday with somebody, I forget exactly who. Oh, it was this guy Trevor that came over to our our house for dinner, and we were talking about uh, Twitter. Which I now can't even say without sort of reflexively wanting at my to apologize. I like weeks. That's the thing. And he said that it, it got stale really It just got quick. yeah, it
2: just got boring. He yeah. said
0: that he in his and he's twenty six, I think. So he's you know like kind of right. I mean, it's certainly more in the demo than than I am to use that kind of stuff. But he said that over the past few days, everybody he knew was talking about Twitter, but they were all talking about how they didn't use it and they found it sort of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Or that they had tried it and then it, it had immediately just sort of discarded it's it as a thing. thing they didn't it want makes either.
1: you hate people quicker.
0: Yeah, I mean, which I didn't, I didn't really need help with that, like, in the first place. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that the new Kindle came out, the, the upgrade, the version two or whatever, and sort of violating the laws, there's this thing called Moore's Law, which says that it, in essence, what it says is that it, like every 18 months, you can get um, like twice the computer for half the money. But the Kindle that just came out is, I think, actually more expensive than the first one, which is strange. So I'm going to kind of wait a bit on that before I pick it up. But it is uh, it does seem to be a nifty device. Now at the bottom of the hour, Aaron Duran will be here to talk about other geekery. That is Star Trek. Tim Riley at the news desk later on. Your chance to win tickets to see Richard Cheese, ladies and gentlemen. You are five minutes away from Rage Against the Machine. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself will return in 12 minutes. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
2: Pick up the phone and call
0: 1-800-344-KUFO.
6: And I was going to tell them they could also rob them and stick them in their coin. This
7: is The Rick Emerson Show.
0: I love it when Brett Michaels talks about groin. I love groin in the morning. I'm groin in the morning, and I'm here to talk to you about secret artvark. Abonero, And somebody told me that there's no tilde over the end, so I've been mispronouncing it for not just uh, like a few weeks, but actually for 36 years. It was actually abonero, apparently. I think when I initially saw it, I either saw it with the tilde or I heard it mispronounced correctly, and then it just lodged in my brain like some sort of linguistic tapeworm. This is less about tapeworms, though, and more about hot sauce. Secret Artvark, habanero hot sauce. You can find out more about it at secretartvark.com. And it's a company based right here in Portland, and it's a recipe right here from Portland. And more importantly, it's just good. I mean, it, it, when I say good, I don't mean good it, like, you know, like it's a, it's an adequate taste. You can put on some other kind of sustenance. You can I mean, it's good, and it's got that flavor to it that rich full-bodied flavor that lets you know that it's real ingredients it's not just a bunch of chemicals they stuck in a jar secret Artvark habanero hot sauce is tomatoes it's onions it's habanero it's vinegar and it's a lot of other spices that are all blended together and they're mixed to the perfect combination of heat and flavor it's not going to overwhelm the taste of whatever you're putting it on and you can put it on a lot of stuff i put it on the uh, spaghetti last night actually we had sort of a spaghetti kind of pasta dish and I just put a little bit, a little dash of it in there, and you kind of blend it in, and it adds heat without ruining the taste uh, or fundamentally changing the taste of the dish. It's fantastic. You really owe it to yourself to try it, and you're going to find it's the most frequently used spice and condiment in your house. Now, you can find it all over Portland, both in restaurants and in stores. If you don't see it there, you got to ask about it, and then go to secretardvark.com. I would not steer you wrong on this. Secret Ardvark Habanero Hot Sauce, one sauce to rule them all. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Friday morning in just moments, Aaron Geek in the City Duran will talk about Star Trek. This is Tim Riley, who is tracking the following,
1: or trekking
0: the following stories on here. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, the you-know-what movie opens this weekend to rave reviews. It's her greatest shame, yet she's interviewed by Oprah. We may have a sound cut from Elizabeth Edwards.
0: Let's do one right now, Tim, just to whet the appetites of the people.
1: Are you sure you want to do this? Yes,
0: I am. More than anything.
1: Well, let me find one here.
0: Now more than ever. Here's one. Do we know that you shut up for this uh for this clip?
1: Uh yes. She talks about that lady.
7: I, I think we you know we try to turn those feelings off because we're so full of anger. You know. It's not that we don't argue about things we do and um uh, and so you are still living two. together? Still living together. you know there are all the rumors that you're not. Yeah, I know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I saw him in the kitchen, yeah.
7: so. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, he's, yeah.
2: got his clothes are in the closet. Yeah, it look, yeah. look, looks like he lives here. Yeah.
0: Are you?
1: Uh, so wait a minute. So is the it- rumors are that he doesn't live there anymore. Of course, it's a huge match. Wait, so was
2: she interviewing him? Her at her house? Well, yeah, I was yeah, going to say, was it at the is Edwards taped.
1: house or was this at the oh, Oprah studios? Okay. No, it is taped. Because she made it
0: sound like John Edwards was sitting in the green room or something. And I was going to say, can you imagine how threatened John Edwards would feel walking into no, the it, Oprah building? They,
1: in the kitchen making SpaghettiOs while, while they're doing their interview. A serious, a
0: bunch of women come in and just part him out like an old Camaro. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus God. All right, so that is sitting on my TiVo at home and I have yet to watch it. That is the, you know, for all of the episodes of Oprah that I've certainly seen over the last week, that's actually the one that I've, that I've missed so far. How much does Elizabeth Edwards sound like Meredith Baxter Bernie? Uh, in that clip. Mm-hmm. Sounds like she ought to be uh, talking to Mallory about how, you know, stay away from the mall and study just this once, hon. All right. Uh, in uh, just a short while, we will have an expanded version of Tim Riley's news. We'll also have your chance to uh, win a pair of tickets to see Richard Cheese, who is uh, performing tomorrow night at Dante's. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio show from geekinthesity.com a connoisseur of all things set to stun, Aaron Duran. Hello, sir.
8: Greetings, programs. How
0: are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. It's... It's my day. I have to tell you that this has been a long time. When, it, when did the last uh, uh, Star Trek film came? Was Nemesis the last Trek film? Yes. It was an insurrection. No, it should have been insurrection because Nemesis is a steaming load. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even remember the last the, the, the order of the last few. All I remember is that I kind of liked First Contact, and yeah. then everything after that was uh, was crap.
8: Yeah, I mean Nemesis wasn't bad. It was a little too jokey for my taste or I'm sorry insurrection but Nemesis was terrible Nemesis was also the first Trek film to not open at number 1 it Is was that beaten true? by Made in Manhattan oh, That's yes. the unkindest <laughs> cut of all Yes wow a Puerto and so, Rican pretty woman,
0: and that has been. So, how long ago was that? When did Nemesis come out? Oh man,
8: Uh two thousand. So, I mean, it's been almost a decade.
0: Yeah, two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah. And when Abrams, you know, when they started talking about this, this structure, the, the so-called reboot, which is basically where they go back and they just kind of wipe the slate clean, and uh, and as William Goldman would say, it's a different artist sketching the same model. So they're taking the same basic framework, but they're just approaching it from a, a, a different angle. Anyway. Yeah. I was really skeptical because, and a lot of people, Court and Bobby and I were all initially on the same page. But this, we said it just—it hasn't been long enough. You've got to let the whole franchise be dead and gone for like twenty-five years, and just let the memory fade, and then you can come back and And so I was—I I had no no hope at all that this
8: would work. Oh, I was the same way. I was like, I want—I mean—and I'm a huge Trekkie, and I was like, I want the show, you know, to go away for a while, like maybe some books and comics, but in terms of like the massive pop culture appeal. Yeah, I was like, I mean, ne- it needs to go away. It needs right. the same thing that happened to Bond. It just needs to go away for a while. Just so we
0: can f- come out of it clean. But astoundingly enough, it's good. It's, it's, I almost,
2: <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> That's what you meant. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it really just, it, I, I I'm not going to say it's absolutely flawless. There's a couple tiny little things, but they are tiny, tiny little things. Yeah, Garfield. they're, yeah, tiny
8: little, yeah, I mean, they're things that they in no way distract from the film at all. You kind of go, wait. Oh, who cares? Screw it. And uh, in fact, I've even gone as far as to say, hey, man, I'm going to get so much hate mail on this. Uh, it's the best Trek movie. Uh, better than Khan. Yeah. Because that's sort of the gold
0: standard for most yeah. people.
8: Yeah, yeah. I mean, barely. It's barely better than Khan. But it is better than Khan, and uh, actually, uh, Court and Bobby and we have talked about this also—that apart from maybe *Empire Strikes Back*, it also kind of whoops on all the Star Wars movies, also. I, just I, just in would, terms of like flat-out entertainment,
0: it's—it
2: was so much fun to watch. Yeah,
0: and uh, and there's a little, and I, we won't give any spoilers. there's a spoiler-free uh, free review, obviously, but there are there are things that happen in the original series that they set up here. In other words, there is consistency with the original series in some ways, but it's done. From a slightly unexpected angle, or yeah. they arrive at that continuity in a slightly um, a slightly unanticipated fashion, and then there are occasional uh, deviations from oh, yeah. the established <laughs> canon where you kind of go, "Wow!" But it never feels like they're changing something just for effect or for shock mm-hmm. value. Oh no, everything feels very earned and organic.
8: Oh yeah, no Abrams and the and the the writers behind this, which are the same writers of Transformers, which it's hard to believe they turned in something this fun. Um, they've stayed very true to kind of the original theme, like Roddenberry's original kind of theme on Star Trek. Um, all the icons within the characters are all there, which just kind of proves as long as you don't mess with that,
0: you can do whatever you want with Star Trek. Well, I mean, and it goes to what they always say about film. It's such a cliche. Nobody ever really follows it, even though it seems to be a thing that... Everybody pays lip service to the, well, as long as you've got good characters, good story... Everything else is sort of superfluous, right, and this is this absolutely delivers and so and here's the thing in this room, so we have the whole gamut actually, because you're a huge trek fan, yeah, I'm you know, I would say a moderately a big trek fan, but I mean you know, but everything after next gen, it was like my interest you know went down every time you know it, it with each was, series okay. uh, I'm just saying for me no, and yeah, not, that's fine, and that's not a reflection on those shows. I'm just saying as a fan, I just drifted away. You know, right. slowly yeah. after Next Generation, each series I was just kind of less interested in because I was just, at a, I think, a different place in what I was, what I was watching. Um, you know, Tim, I would wager, Tim, that you grew up as a fan of the original series, and
1: it was m- in color, maybe n- <laughs>
0: <laughs> in panoramic, uh, and then you. Pro- I don't know if you watched Next Generation. Yes. Okay. See, that would be my guess. And then Sarah that is. was
2: I'm, I was mostly next generation.
0: Sarah. Yeah. And that is a female thing, by the way. I've noticed a lot of women are drawn primarily to next generation. and Jean
2: Luc Picard, William Riker. There's so much eye candy there.
0: I. You know, and the, and the things around it are sort of eh, you know they, they kind of know that it's there, but they're not really interested in watching Picard. it. Hard. So, so we have the whole uh, the whole spectrum of, of yeah, Trek I mean, fandom here, we're and not, everyone loved it. Every single one of us loved yeah, it. Yeah, because it's just fantastic. They don't
8: get anything to all the you know all the trek all the trekkies out there that were really annoyed that oh abrams is going to ruin it uh, he's doing all this he didn't ruin it no. he actually uh he saved it i would say yeah i say he saved it he distilled the characters down to their core essence and then you know set them loose on a blank slate of this galaxy
0: i would say it's actually so good that part of me wishes that they would just stop now and never make a sequel and i know that's not going to happen Right. I know that they'll make sequels because that's the way that Hollywood works, and that's fine.
1: Would anybody like to hear a clip?
0: Yes, I would, Tim. But it's so good, I almost wish that they could just say, okay, now we've rescued it. Now we're going to put it away. Yeah. Tim Riley, what will we hear here?
1: James D. Kirk and uh, Mr. Sulu confront the uh, Romanians. Or is that the (laughs) Romelians? Well, here they are. (laughs) Oops, is my putt up. It is.
7: What kind of combat training do you have? Fencing.
0: Free jump. So, this is when they're getting ready to, uh, they're parachuting out of something into something else. We'll oh, yeah. say that. The low orbit skydiving. Yeah. You see it in the trailer. Oh, Okay. So, it is, uh, it's like a sort of a parachuting version of that Atmo drop they do in Battlestar.
8: Uh, I was thinking more like, uh, it's in more aliens? Like it's-
0: how I many combat
8: drops? That's what I kept waiting, Kirk, to say. We're on Express Elevator
4: to Hell. Yeah. Going
0: down. There are other shout-outs to other series as well in this. There's a little Wrath of Khan reference. A couple of those, actually. Yeah. There's, There's um, um, a great diss on the series Enterprise
8: because no Trek fan liked that series. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's this Star Trek fans will get the joke
0: and y- you will love it uh, there. It seems like a very post Battlestar Galactica series, too. There's a there's a lot of action sequences that seem very Battlestar. And I will also say this my one final thing. Although you can say that like a, the series Firefly, the Joss Whedon series, that in a way none of that that wouldn't exist were it not for Star Trek. In a way, again, it's sort of an, it's sort of an infinite circle, because while Firefly was originally, you know, I would imagine inspired by Star Trek to a great degree, this Kirk. This Captain Kirk is very much a post-Mal Reynolds Kirk, because there's a couple line readings he does, a couple deliveries where you can just you can see it uh, coming out of Nathan Fillion's mouth. I mean, you could just you know. So, but
8: unlike Battlestar, this is a hopeful ending. Yeah. You know, because it's Star Trek. You can't have it be bleak. No, it
0: can't end with everybody getting tumors.
8: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just
0: doesn't work. All right. Geekinthecity.com is the website. And uh, if you are a Trek fan, by the way, you want to be listening to Court and Fatboy this afternoon, they're going to be giving away tickets to the Star Trek Loud show at the Roseway, which is uh, it's a, uh, a theater that has been really remodeled and revamped over the years. and It's got an amazing yeah. sound system. Finest they, finest screen and sound system in town. And they do a late night show where, it, just as it sounds like, they just turn it up uh, to unbelievable volume levels. <laughs> and so, they, you know, so just, you know, it, the whole, the rest of the showings are regular, but if you want to hear Star Trek, like you know, at it, 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 like filling, rattling levels, this yeah. is other uh, it is. So they take it to eleven minutes. at eleven. Da-dum-tsh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred and One KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city of... everything sucks. F We'll do it live!
3: Well, whatever. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
0: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen, from Led Zeppelin 1 Communication Breakdown. Coming up at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Don't forget to be listening this afternoon to Court and Fatboy. They're going to be giving away tickets to the Star Trek Loud show, which is happening at the Roseway. They're also going to be talking to the one and only Leonard Nimoy, or Nimoy. And I never know how to pronounce that. It, it, that's like um, Dick... I thought it was
2: Nimoy. I See, heard it was Nimoy.
0: I've always said Nimoy, but then occasionally you'll hear a guy, and it's always um, the voice number three kind of guy, and he'll say something like this. Well, I'm I'm not really a fan of William Shatner because I find that he overacts, but I do find that Leonard Nimoy is one of our greatest thespians. And then, then you start to think, well, if that guy, who is a social retard, is saying Nimoy, then therefore he must know much more about Star Trek. Uh, and so therefore I should say Nimoy. And I realize now in sort of a thing inside of a thing... Just having this whole Nimoy, Nimoy thing. I now sound like Shatner when he is recording that voiceover for the Star Trek cartoon, and he's saying, sabotage. And the guy comes over the talkback. Have you ever heard these outtakes from the Star Trek cartoon?
5: No. Fantastic.
0: No. Shatner's in a vocal booth. Uh, and you know, and this is for the Star Trek animated series, which had the original actors' voices. And there's a line in the script where Shatner has to go, my God, man, it's been a case of sabotage. And then the guy comes over the talkback. This is not a fake. This is real. And the guy goes... Bill, it's, Bill it's, pronounced, it's pronounced sabotage. And Shatner says, you say sabotage. I say sabotage.
2: <laughs>
0: Don't correct me. It sickens me.
2: He seems like he would be... An ass? Yes. <laughs> that's what I was yes, going to say. Yes,
0: Don't correct him. It sickens him. So anyway, that's me, Nimoy, and uh, Nimoy, and this is all true. By the way, so speaking of... Nothing. Go to zombieconpdx.com at your first convenience. You've heard uh, a bunch of things playing for that, and you will be this weekend as well. Zombieconpdx.com. The first annual Portland ZombieCon is coming up next weekend. That is next weekend featuring the one and only Zombie Prom as well as the Zompire Film Festival and a whole lot of other happenings. So be listening for more and be watching the streets for more as well. Zombieconpdx.com. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
1: Must we get on our best zombie attire? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes, Tim. I was gonna do like a Don you now you Don you, something. You now you dead apparel. Now see, I was gonna say, but it didn't rhyme. I was gonna do like Dawn of the Dead. You now you see that doesn't work either. Never mind. There's no there's no um, deck of the halls joke to be made with zombies. I. Uh...
1: Rick Emerson regrets the error. Here's well, Tim Riley. Too late in the program to ask for one, I guess. That's right. Well, if you're going to leave police on a high-speed chase in a motorcycle, don't run out of gas. A Vancouver man taken into custody early this morning. This high-speed chase started on I-5 south of Woodburn, ended up on the Interstate uh, 205 Glen Jackson Bridge. At times, the speeds were in excess of 140 miles an hour. Good for him. And then he ran out of gas. Oh. The motorcyclist. So, uh... Arrested is 22-year-old, Alan Clark Seaton of the Cove, taken into custody on a laundry list of charges, and he had a little punt on him, too.
0: Really? Well, the Mary Jane, Tim, that's what'll do you in. So <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: the, That is reefer madness. And, and the I idea that you
0: would have, I mean, really, that's why you don't want to do drugs, because he had the foresight to have a motorcycle that goes 140 miles an hour, but not enough there's, there's a mental firepower left over to actually put gas into it. So that is a little it's bit a of red one. hoist by your own petard. Here's Tim Riley.
1: Another bad motorcycle accident. One is dead on the Broadway Bridge. A cop comes across a uh, dead motorcyclist at 1.30 this morning. Mm. This is the off-ramp to I-5, the Morrison Bridge. As he was driving, he discovered the deceased motorcyclist lying on the ramp. He was found approximately 600 feet down the ramp near the Morrison Bridge. Uh, no identity yet. We do know that he was uh, 32 years old. But it sounds as though that was... I mean, does it, if it, but he's he's Speed. So he hit the barrier.
0: All right, but it, so it doesn't sound as though it was a two-vehicle collision. It sounds as though it was... It no, was... no,
1: the, the police officer came across him after the accident. No, no, no,
0: but I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't look as though he was hit by somebody and left. No, no. It looks as though it was so a one-vehicle. All
1: right, right. All right, so it looks like he was speeding. Here's Tim Riley. And uh, revisiting a story we had yesterday, a jury has decided that an upscale hair salon is not at fault for the breakage of a Lake Oswego woman's hair. 36-year-old Sarah Jane Ward filed the suit against Rumi Simone, claiming an inept hairstylist was to blame for a hair breaking about a half an inch from her scalp. She had asked for $50,000 in damages for humiliation, depression, and hair extensions. She's not getting it. Well, it seems like all they, closed. <laughs> all they had
0: to do was just to put on a hat, lady. All they had to do was just say, like, you repeatedly asked us to bleach your hair. I mean, it seems like anybody with it. I mean, that
2: they shouldn't be liable.
0: Well, yeah, it's my, obs- I mean, my ob- observation only it's just my opinion. Well, Not that, that tomfoolery. I mean, if you go in and it's just like, could you bleach my hair repeatedly over and over and over again? And if you look at any kind of bleach, it just says in the back, like, hey, this will destroy anything on which it is put. So maybe reconsider. Before you play. And she was having her scalp bleached on top of that. And Which
2: I still don't understand.
0: I don't understand. And we were never able to get any sort of clarification. Look, I mean, we have an audience that was able to, uh, after this KGW story, mm-hmm. we have an audience that was able to clarify uh, how you go about choking someone, you know, for for sex fun.
1: Well, that's becoming more and more common. Well, it's... uh
0: Choking, is, it's the new Jenkum, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, but we were never able to figure out the, the like the scalp bleaching thing. So that indicates to me that maybe it's a thing that...
1: thats something for next week. I'll start working on it.
0: It's not all that widespread because maybe it's dumb.
1: I'll put that down as one of my weekend assignments. Please do. Here's Tim Riley. Time for a snuff watch.
0: Here's your snuff watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson. Did we end last Friday with a snuff watch? We did. Danny Gans.
1: Yes, Danny Gans. All right.
0: Hey, by the way, uh, did I tell you that my Danny, ban- my Danny Gans tribute band is going to be called uh, Sans Gans? Yes. I like it. Or Gans-tastic.
2: I like like the second one. All
0: right. Here's uh, your Snuff Watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Show. You can have two bands. I can be a one-man Gans.
1: Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yes, it would. slam. Here's uh, Tim Riley with your Snuff Watch. One of the more popular Wizard of Oz Munchkins, Mickey Carroll, died at the age of 89 uh, because he was old. It was his only movie. But it appeared in television he found a new career at charitable events. He also had a gift for gab. He uh, warmed up crowds through President Franklin Roosevelt while campaigning in New York City and served as a crowd getter for President Harry Truman's whistle-stop campaigns.
0: Here's a, please to forgive me now, uh, but, I mean, is this is this the only thing he's really known for? In other words, I get my, my question here is, uh, is did all of these other things, like warming up for President Roosevelt or whoever, did this all come because he was a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz? Yes. So that wasn't like one role in a long and storied career of roles.
1: Right. It was the American Idol of its time. <laughs> Side okay. deals just reeled off this, I suppose. He played the part in Munchkinland of the town crier. So that was a big part. And he marched as a Munchkin soldier and was the candy-striped fiddler who escorted Dorothy Gale, played by Judy Garland. That Wait, was her but name?
2: So if he was the town crier, does that mean he was the guy who started singing the Bollipop Guild song?
0: That, yeah, and that the yeah. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, you know, I can I just confess something. I don't really like The Wizard of Oz, and I I haven't seen The Wizard of Oz. Maybe it's maybe I need to see it again or something for the first time. You watch it
2: this watch it this weekend. I, you may borrow my copy I, of Dark Side of the Moon.
0: I, I just I I haven't seen that movie in like a, ten years, and I think I, I think used I, on every year. It, well, it was on all the time on like TNT or something. It was it's like they were CBS. Ten Turtle, yeah, but it was like it was always on television, and now it's not. So I, and maybe I've just maybe I got burned out on it when I was a kid because it's like they would like whenever there would be like a. I don't know, like a like a snow day or like a like a half day because you were leading up to Christmas or something. They would do that thing of rolling that thing into the classroom that was like a VCR on one shelf and a TV on the other, and it was all strapped together from the AV room.
2: Oh, they still have that.
0: The only two things they really oh yeah. The only two things they ever had uh, to show were the Last Starfighter and the Wizard of Oz. Well, Last Starfighter, good. Wizard of Oz, got very tired.
1: Oh, and he finished off his life by selling cemetery monuments. Well, that was appropriate. <laughs> That's our snuff watch.
0: There's your snuff watch. I want to thank Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com, Cena Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, as well as Cena Radio Correspondent Jim Roop, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian as well. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Exvillian. For Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim, your personal savior, Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. The Gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The Web Mistress is Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with me Reynolds. Executive producer, one Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up at 9... Smells like the 90s with your good friend, Buzz. Uh, don't forget Court and Fatboy this afternoon talking to Leonard Nimoy. Don't correct me. It sickens me. And uh, so forth. And don't, don't call for- you Hulu. And don't forget, Hulu. To listen- <laughs> don't forget to listen to the punk show this coming Sunday night from 7 to 9 with Sarah Dillon and Lisa Wood. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Friday, May eighth, two 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. Thanks for listening. See you in 68 hours. Bye. Good
5: morning, Coho.